Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. There's a document somewhere under lock and key inside the Hoover building depicting an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national. Representative James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, says he knows which country benefited from what is described as the exchange of money for policy decisions. The damning accusation against Biden comes from a credible whistleblower, and if true, and accompanied by equally credible evidence to support it, this would constitute the crime of bribery under federal law. But it's also a separate felony under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which makes it a crime to exploit a public office for self-enrichment courtesy of a foreign entity or government. Beyond that, and equally important, it rises to the level of an impeachable offense. The U.S. Constitution specifically provides that a president can be removed for treason and bribery. Well, betraying your country to a hostile adversary for cold, hard cash, that would establish both. Attorney Fox News legal analyst and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over half the world's wheat. What does this mean for you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why you should stock up on the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food. Create your own stockpile by using the code GREG, G-R-E-G-G. For Patriot Survival Food is hand-packed in the USA with different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, and their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and taste. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use the code G-R-E-G-G to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the code GREG, G-R-E-G-G. Given all of the other compelling evidence of Joe Biden influence peddling schemes overseas, it should shock no one that there may exist a smoking gun document hidden in the vaults of the FBI that links unscrupulous Joe directly to a nefarious get-rich scheme to sell out America. Hunter's laptop is filled with similar lucrative deals, auctioning off access to his dad with promises of future influence for malign actors. In a softball interview late last week on MSNBC, Joe proclaimed, quote, My son has done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. (laughs) Really? 
Apparently, the father's brimming pride derives from his son's astonishing success in making tens of millions of dollars for the Biden syndicate. According to Chairman Comer, the whistleblower document directly implicates the president as complicit in Hunter's schemes and the beneficiary of the payola. This invites the question, what nation allegedly bought Biden's influence? Round up the usual suspects, as Claude Rains famously said, and like Captain Renault, Joe Biden has no convictions, so there are plenty of suspects from which to choose. Ukraine, China, Russia, Oman, Kazakhstan, and Romania. Take your pick. The Bidens cashed in from all of those countries at the very same time that Joe was given authority to manage American foreign policy over them. The betting line in Washington favors Ukraine for a couple of reasons. First, you'll recall how Joe was so anxious to give some $200 billion to Kyiv when it was attacked by Russia. Second, Hunter Biden was on the payroll in Ukraine, raking in some $11 million for a do-nothing position. And who can forget his dad's on-camera brag that he extorted the Ukrainians into firing a prosecutor who just happened to be investigating his son's company Burisma by threatening to withhold a billion dollars in U.S. taxpayer financial aid. Well, the predicate issue now is whether Comer will be able to get his hands on that FBI document. Will the Department of Justice and the FBI obstruct per usual? Well, given their shameful track record, they may refuse to cough it up by claiming that the doc has been up-classified after the fact. You know, that's a common trick employed to conceal vexing records. Or the feds may say that, oh, no such document exists. Well, incriminating papers do have a tendency to vanish mysteriously while in FBI custody. But if it does exist, the Bureau, with protective cover from Attorney General Merrick Garland's DOJ, will likely stonewall under the pretense that, oh, you know, we investigated that and we dismissed it because... The evidence, inexplicably, lacked merit. Garland is Joe's toady, and he's skilled at manipulating criminal cover-ups. The president's public pronouncement that his son has done nothing wrong was surely a veiled message to his pal Merrick to exert political interference. Partisan favoritism and retribution have been Garland's calling card ever since he took the helm at the Justice Department. It's why the Biden-appointed AG refused to recuse himself from the investigation of his own boss and nefarious son by appointing a special counsel, even though federal regulations require it. Well, naturally, the mainstream media is downplaying the whistleblower news, defending Joe Biden at every turn. On CNN, John King sneered that, quote, Republicans have no evidence. 
Well, John seems to have an acute case of amnesia. He fails to recall how Democrats and their acolytes in the progressive press had no plausible evidence when they spent two years accusing Trump of being a Russian agent who colluded with the Kremlin. They never bothered to vet or corroborate the phony dossier that was invented by Hillary and her gang of dirty tricksters. No, the media adopted the fictive dossier as gospel, despite no evidence whatsoever. Liberal journalists have been doing this for years. Without conscience, they slant their reporting for purely political reasons. This is the same media, mind you, that in 2020 happily endorsed a notorious lie peddled by 51 former intelligence officials who called the Hunter Biden laptop story Russian disinformation. It wasn't, of course, but they succeeded in suppressing the story anyway with a critical assist from their partners in the FBI, who directed social media companies to censor it, and they complied. It turns out it was a piece of cake for ex-CIA chief Mike Morrell to round up 50 other liars in the intel community who were more than willing to deceive the American people and help Joe Biden get elected based on a lie. They conjured up the false claim without a scrap of intelligence information. No discussion was allowed. Just sign your name and we'll help conceal Biden corruption involving foreign adversaries. Unprincipled people like John Brennan, James Clapper, and Leon Panetta aided the Biden cover-up of their get-rich schemes, selling out America and jeopardizing national security. None of them have any regrets, never apologizing. They deprive voters from making an informed decision and help throw a presidential election. It's not the same thing as stuffing the ballot box, but hey, pretty darn close. We recently learned that the confessed goal behind the laptop lie was to give Joe a critical talking point during the final presidential debate to help him get elected. We also learned that Joe's campaign engineered the deception. It was the handiwork of Tony Blinken, who was then rewarded with the coveted job of Secretary of State. The scam worked, magnificently so. Polling data shows that roughly 15% of Biden voters would have cast their ballots differently had they known the truth. Like the Russia hoax that preceded it, the intel canard was one of the dirtiest political tricks ever perpetrated in electoral politics. But it comes as no surprise to anyone paying attention. As Louis Renault quipped, we mustn't underestimate American blundering or corruption. Joining me now is John Solomon, an award-winning investigative journalist and author. He is the chief executive officer, editor-in-chief of Just the News. John, of course, has broken more stories on this subject than anybody I know. John, great to have you back on The Brief. Appreciate it. 
Oh, glad to be with you. A busy week. I think a, a consequential week ahead of us, perhaps. Yeah, I think it is. And, and let's begin with that. Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is urging the Department of Justice to hold off on any possible Hunter Biden indictment until after Comer holds a press conference on Wednesday, yeah. unveiling what he describes as critical details about the Biden family's business dealings. And the chairman says he's going to expose publicly details about the influence peddling schemes that benefited not just Hunter Biden, but up to nine members of the Biden family. And Comer thinks the Justice Department is going to charge the president's son with minor criminal counts without considering the far more serious evidence that his committee, the Oversight Committee, has uncovered. What do you make of that? Well, uh, I think it goes to the larger pattern that we're now seeing that time and again, when information came in that was derogatory to the Biden family that might hint at uh, possible criminal activity with I by either Hunter Biden or Joe Biden, it got squashed. Why do we know that? Well, we got an IRS whistleblower that says that Biden Justice Department political officials thwarted their ability to bring criminal tax charges. We have an FBI whistleblower that says in 2020, a confidential human source from Ukraine walked in, had specific information, uh, detailed information about how Joe Biden played in a uh, and was involved in a pay to play scheme to trade U.S. policy for money to his family. That didn't get pursued. And this morning, we broke a third story saying that back in 2018, one of the Justice Department's own, a former U.S. attorney from Little Rock named Bud Cummins, went to the New York U.S. attorney's office saying, listen, I've got a Ukrainian. The Ukrainian attorney general wants to come to the United States. He's got two John Doe witnesses and documents saying that Joe Biden uh, was involved in the exact same thing that comes in 2020, a pay-to-play bribery scheme to trade U.S. policy for money to his family. And that doesn't get pursued, in fact, not only does the allegation not get investigated, the man who brought it, a respected former federal prosecutor, has his phone records taken by the Justice Department to try to figure out who his sources were, who his contacts were. Uh, when you have that pattern time and again, information coming in from p- potential cr- credible intermediaries and no one investigates it. Joe James Comer says, you know what? I've been investigating this. I bet you the IRS and the FBI don't have what I have because they keep getting thwarted. So let me give you the roadmap, Justice Department. And I think that's what's behind his very dramatic statement on Fox News yesterday. Yeah, it was a dramatic statement. It's so amazing now that all of a sudden there appears to be an avalanche of whistleblowers from the FBI, from the IRS, maybe the Department of Justice. And, you know, Cover says the whistleblower, the latest one, is credible and that he, Comer, knows both the country and the policy decisions that Joe Biden made in exchange, allegedly, for cash. Sounds to me like Ukraine. I mean, there are a lot of suspects, but Ukraine makes the most sense, doesn't it? Yeah, listen, on both Bud Cummins in 2018 and the FBI whistleblower in 2020, we have confirmed through our reporting that the uh, subject area is Ukraine business deals. I think when uh, James Comer releases his interim report at 9 a.m. on Eastern Time on Wednesday, we're going to hear about a lot more countries. I think you're going to hear of tens of millions of dollars, uh, scores of LLCs and transactions are being involved maybe up to a dozen Biden family members all in some way or another involved in the movement of money or the benefit of money. 
in probably several countries. It'll be more than just Ukraine and China, which have been the primary focal points of most of the media coverage going back to 2019 when I wrote the first stories about Hunter Biden, the fired prosecutor in Burisma. So I think we're going to see a much wider picture of this business scheme being replicated in multiple countries, multiple family members, multiple LLCs, multiple transactions, multiple millions of dollars. I think you'll get the breadth of how uh, audacious the Biden family's pursuit of foreign money was. And I think you'll get a little touch of this as well. I think you'll see many examples in that report where all right, Biden family made X money from this company that had this interest in this country. And oh, here's what Joe Biden did on that front that just happened to benefit that company in that country paying his son or his family member. So I think he'll overlay the business transactions with a touch of uh, foreign policy or other policy decisions where Joe Biden appears to be acting in the interest of the family business. And that is something I think that will be, you know, give people a little bit of thought this week about uh, what were, uh, what, what may have been a real scheme and why some people like FBI agents and former federal prosecutors think it was a pay to play scheme in which Joe Biden had to be involved. He was just acting in a way that just always benefited the family interest. I think that may be the, the missing component that, that James Comer delivers this week and in the weeks ahead. And, and, you know, the sources of incriminating evidence continues to add up. I mean, it's not just the laptop that contains a plethora of persuasive evidence of criminal wrongdoing that indeed implicates Joe Biden. 170 suspicious activity reports that Comer and his committee have been reviewing. They've looked at banking records, wire transfers, documented financial transactions that show a flow of tens of millions of dollars into these LLCs, these shell corporations controlled by Hunter Biden. And according to Comer, he said, I can't figure out how any of these have any legitimate business purpose except to act as a receptacle, uh, a piggy bank for foreign cash that was then distributed to, as you say, I don't know if it's nine or 12 or somewhere in between, Biden family members, you know, as a lawyer, I look at that and and Jonathan Turley, a very fine law professor called the the Biden influence peddling schemes, the goat of corruption, the you know greatest of all time, the, the, the biggest influence peddling schemes in, in world history. And to me, as a lawyer, it sounds like a criminal enterprise, doesn't it? Certainly, that's what a lot of the people who've looked at it. You now, you have a lot of agree, and I don't. So, I, I trust on the experts. But a lot of people see this, and I, I want to show a pattern. I put a timeline in in the story I broke this morning for people because you know this has been story's been told episodically for a long time, and there's a little drip here, a little drab here. When you put it all together, you realize how many opportunities the United States government had to one become aware that Hunter Biden and was surrounded by people who were engaged in illegal conduct, that his father might be involved in a pay-to-play scheme. Let me just walk through a couple of those moments. There's about 50 on the timeline, but I'll just give you four or five. In 2015, a major New York bank filed a, a series of suspicious, suspicious activity reports that flagged millions of dollars that were flowing into uh, in and around firms tied to Hunter Biden and his business associates, and they flagged it for the possibility that it looked like money laundering or other things. Devin Archer, 
the sidekick to Hunter Biden gets indicted, but Hunter Biden does it. That's a very interesting thing since they're both involved in the same companies. In May 2016, Archer's indicted uh, for fleecing uh, an Indian tribe and he's convicted in 2018, but the charges, no charges are ever brought. No investigation of Hunter Biden is really launched. In November 16, at the, in the height of the final election, um, the election between uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, one of the bank officials from one of those banks that was filing suspicious activity files as a citizen a sweeping whistleblower complaint to the Securities and Exchange Commission. It actually has Hunter Biden's picture in some of the um, attachments, and he raises concerns that there looks to be a lot of activity involving multiple companies, Archer, Hunter Biden, other business associates that look to be illegal. The SEC's had that report for seven years or six and a half years. He never heard of an SEC investigation. In 2018, the federal prosecutor that I mentioned, he approaches the U.S. attorney saying there's a problem and uh, uh, Joe Biden might have been involved in a pay-to-play scheme and I can bring the attorney general and his witnesses and the evidence to New York. No, thank you. They don't, we're not interested. In late 2018, the FBI opened up it opens up an investigation of Hunter Biden based on the suspicious activity reports that go back to 15. It takes him three years to act on that. From May uh, uh, to November 2019, the FBI began interviewing a former Ukrainian government official who was working with Burisma and Hunter Biden. They spent six months developing him as a source, and then they suddenly drop him in November 2019. In December 2019, the FBI gets the laptop from hell, the one that Miranda Devine and I and other many others have exploited. Not In June 2020, the informant approaches the FBI about the alleged bribery scheme involving Joe Biden and the Biden family. Eight touch points with the United States government, each of them offering very significant and specific information of possible illegal activity. And here we are in 2023. We still don't have a resolution of any of these allegations or the investigations that the FBI brought. What we have are whistleblowers like the IRS whistleblower, the FBI whistleblower saying, hey, someone keeps sticking their foot out, tripping us up and not letting us do what we think as career law enforcement officials we should do. That's why James Comer makes the statement on Sunday. That's why he has the briefing this Wednesday. Uh, against that incredible backdrop that you just described in, in great detail. Um, last Friday, Joe Biden goes on camera, softball interview with MSNBC. And he says, my son has done nothing wrong. I feel proud of him. Now, that's got to be one of the more headbanging statements I think I've ever heard. There, there are several ways to interpret it. One of them is that he's sending a not-so-veiled message to the Department of Justice and his pal Merrick Garland, the attorney general, not to criminally charge his son, which of course constitutes interference in a pending criminal case, otherwise known as obstruction of justice. But that's what's going on here. Favoritism and obstruction, political interference, a protection racket for the Bidens. And it's been going on, as you describe it, going all the way back to what, 2015? It is. It is remarkable. And it's why so many people now look at the justice system and say, there's clearly a double system of justice. There's clearly justice isn't, Lady Justice isn't blind anymore. Clearly, politics have infected uh, major law enforcement agencies like the FBI, like the Justice Department, like these U.S. attorneys' offices, maybe the Securities and Exchange Commission. Very dramatic uh, testimony and confrontations about a week or two ago when the SEC chairman, who, by the way, was Hillary Clinton's CFO when they pulled the dirty Russia collusion trick off, you know, the uh, Christopher Steele, he's now in charge of the SEC. And, oh, here's a funny thing. 
Donald Trump's uh, merger request for an acquisition uh, with an acquisition corporation has been three times longer delayed than any other uh, SPAC. And by the way, it's three times the average for any other uh, uh, type of transaction like this. People are starting to see in all of these federal bureaucracies that have a law enforcement enforcement responsibility, a a clear injection of political bias and favoritism and unequal treatment. And I think that that's why Americans are losing so much confidence, not only in government, but in law enforcement agencies. There are people that I I stop me on the street now and say, you know, if I saw a crime a few years ago, or if the FBI came to my door a few years ago, I would absolutely, as a patriotic American, say, I want to help you today. I'm not sure I would. I think I'd refer him to my lawyer. I think I would say, I can't help you. That's how much the trust in the judicial system has been eroded in a very short period of time because Americans, even with the blockade of the media, have figured out something smells rotten uh, in Dodge right now. Yeah, I mean, the Twitter files expose the FBI corruption, uh, censoring with social media, the laptop story. And more recently, you know, we find out uh, the truth behind that uh, notorious intelligence letter signed by 51 former intel officials. It was all the doing of the Biden campaign. And Tony Blinken, the secretary of state, Mike Morell admits it was intended to give Joe Biden talking points during the final presidential debate to help him get elected, to help the, our intelligence committee, not making a uh, a pronouncement based on intelligence, but but a pure, ugly, dirty political Trick. Big picture here, though, John, as we end our conversation, there's a recent poll. Nearly 80 percent are following the Biden family corruption scandal closely. Two thirds say, you know what? This is a serious scandal, including and this is important. Seventy one percent of independents, the swing voters in the next election. That may help explain The brand new just came out ABC Washington Post poll that shows Joe Biden's approval rating has sunk to a a all time low, a scant 36 percent. And in fact, former President Trump is trouncing him in a hypothetical 2024 race. And even ABC anchor George Stephanopoulos, who, you know, is a Democrat toady, um, this poll is just brutal for President Biden, he said. I don't see Joe Biden's numbers getting any better, especially when you factor in his age, his diminished mental acuity on full display every time he appears in public or opens his mouth. So, you know, I see this thing only sliding in a way that's much worse for Joe Biden. How about you? Well, listen, I think there's another thing that we have to factor in. Uh, people always vote their pocketbook, and the economy certainly looks like it's teetering towards a recession. And any recessionary event that has occurred in an incumbent's presidency has always caused the uh, incumbent to lose. There's just been very few moments in American history. where uh, So that's another problem here. But I, I've had this conversation with people and pollsters, and they tell me, and it's, this is a truism that we sometimes forget, most political decisions Americans make are transactional if they're even involved in politics. The choice of president always fills the most personal political decision you and I and every other American makes. We take our presidential election seriously. We feel like we know the president and then he kind of reports to us. And when a president looks into the camera in 2019 and 2020 and says, China is not our enemy when we know that's not true. And then, oh, we find out his son collected millions of dollars from China. When a president looks into the camera and says, 
uh, I had nothing to do with my son's business and my son did nothing wrong. And then you find out the IRS is wanting to indict him for criminal uh, tax violations. And he was directly involved in some of his son's business things. That personal decision feels like a bad date, like I was lied to. I was cheated on uh, by my the, the one politician that I see myself politically dating, so to speak. It creates a very strong rebound. I mean, they call rebound dating. There's rebound politics. And I think right now, Americans just two years into the Biden presidency are on a really bad rebound. They feel burned by this guy. He said we would exit Afghanistan honorably. We didn't. He said inflation was transitory. It wasn't. He says the economy's good. It isn't. I know when I go to the grocery store or the gas station, it isn't. Uh, and I think that rebound could be one of the more powerful rebounds in American history. It might look like the Jimmy Carter rebound of 1980. In fact, a lot of the 1980 uh, elements are the same. You've got a Kennedy causing a, a pesky challenge to uh, the incumbent Democratic president, Robert Kennedy this time, Ted Kennedy back then. Uh, stagflation has clearly set in. We've got a global crisis. It was the Iran uh, hostage crisis. Now it's Russia, where America looks so feckless and weak that other people are stepping into the void to take over Americans' leadership responsibilities. And then you have a president that not only has a record of failure, his uh, trust with the American people eroded by revelation after revelation after revelation that he didn't tell us the truth. Yeah. John Solomon is the only guy I know who could make a sensible analogy between presidential politics and dating. (laughs) 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 Nice job, buddy. How about that? All right. John Solomon, award-winning investigative journalist and author, chief executive officer, editor-in-chief of the best website out there, Just the News. Check it out. John, thank you. I know you're incredibly busy uh, today, especially. You know how much I admire your work, and I can't wait for your next book. I'm so excited. Thank you. Uh, Yes, I'm going to send you a copy of The Trial of the Century. It's out in just a couple of weeks. John, great to have you back on The Brief. Take care, man. Thank you. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.